Welcome to the Bloomingdale Church Podcast. My name is Max Terman. I am your moderator, and with me this week is the love of your life, Dan Marcello. It's true. There when you needed him most, Scott Reed. Kind of. And the one that got away, Bill Calvin. Dan, you look like you had something you wanted to say after that. I think I'm the only the love of one person's life. But it's true. <laughs> well, you never know. La pastora. Mm-hmm. Could have a stalker. Let's hope <laughs> Oh, my. <laughs> Welcome to that the escalated quickly. podcast. Scott. We were just, just talking about a stalker on the, uh, on the walk. Oh. Yeah. Well, I'm going to edit that out. Not a stalker of anyone that we know. <laughs> It was just a thing that happened in the community a, year, a long time Stop ago. Stop talking about that. I'm trying to make it clear that it's not of someone in our church or someone in our church. It's, it was something else that happened. Scott, will you pray to start the podcast? Sure. I will. <laughs> Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day, and we thank you for the chance to be together again after uh, what feels like a long time apart. Uh, God, I just pray that you bless this time. Uh, that our conversation would glorify you, that it would edify those who listen, uh, and that it would be be fun and edifying to us as well. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yeah, we definitely did not address the fact that uh, two weeks ago was going to be just be, 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 and, be and me. <laughs> be and me. I'd read that book. Bill and I, uh, but I got sick, had a fever, so I was out. And so uh-huh. rather than making Bill carry the whole show by himself, which admittedly he could absolutely do, uh, <laughs> we just didn't record. And then I was out of town last week as well. Um, so, yeah, it's been a two-week hiatus. Um, so, Scott, you got two weeks of Would You Rather just built up, I imagine. I, I don't because that's <laughs> not how it works. <laughs> I find them right before we record. Um, but I do have what I hope will be topical. Ooh. Assuming that I am correct in understanding at least part of what we're going to talk about today. Fantastic. These are 101, even if they're not topical, they're relevant to what we've been doing the last couple of weeks. 101 would you rather travel questions Ooh. for anyone who loves traveling. We won't go through all 101, but we'll do what we did in the past. We won't do Toastmasters today. We'll come back to that in the future. Okay. Um, we got to get warmed back up. Because I do shake love the rust that. off. Yeah, It'll yeah. take a while. So we'll just yeah. go one question per person around the circle a couple times and, and see how it goes. Right. Um, all right, this is this one I think can only be answered by mask by Max. <laughs> Max Truman. Would you rather travel with friends, family, or your significant other? <laughs> this is a trap. Are you just laughing because you don't want to answer? Uh, yes, <laughs> I'm gonna keep laughing. Uh, <laughs> what a great question. Next question, please. <laughs> I, uh, well, that is, hey, that's a three-way. Would you rather? It is a three-way. Would you three rather? Um, well, so I've traveled with my family. Uh, I just traveled last week to see my significant other's parents uh, and mm. brush up on my Indonesian. So uh, I am going to travel a little bit with some friends over the summer, maybe. So I'll get to find out what that is. But seeing as that's the unknown at this point, I'll go with that. I'll go with travel with friends. All right. Sorry, Renee. Um, <laughs> Dan, would you rather travel through time or travel through space? Mm. <laughs> Both of which you're doing all the time. <laughs> True. Hmm. <laughs> Believe it or not. I think I'd rather travel through time. Traveling through space? Like, Everything. what are you going to do when you get there? Die instantly? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And then, I don't know. Traveling through time just seems a little more fun to see the different ages yeah. of history. Yeah. For sure. It's fair. The fall. The rise and... No. The fall and... The rise and fall of the Roman Empire. Is it the, the rise and fall? Is that the, the name Decline and fall. Decline and fall. Ah. I knew it wasn't rise and well, fall. Well, first it, it declined. And I'm then sorry. it was like first off a cliff. Then it really fell. Then it rose. <laughs> and then it fell. <laughs> um, would I rather travel for the rest of my life or never leave my home state again? Oh. Man. Mm. Go back to Massachusetts? Eat, eat some lobster rolls? I'm inclined to say never leave my home state again, but my home state is pretty small. No. And it's going to get consumed by the ocean in the next few decades. <laughs> um, I, if traveling was free and I could stay in places for like a long time mm-hmm. uh, and I and like Leah could come with me, I think I'd travel for the rest of my life. That'd be really cool. Mm. It'd be probably a little exhausting too, but sure. get to see so much of the world. Yeah. Um, Bill, would you rather travel around the world? I'm not going to ask you this question. The other <laughs> option is or start a family. <laughs> <laughs> Well, which is it, Bill? (laughs) Second family time. (laughs) All right, let's try this. My word. Would you rather travel to a new place or return to the same place annually? Oh, go to a new place. Mm. All right. Wow. 
Max would not start a family. <laughs> Easy. Would you, I think I'm going to skip this one, but I'm going to read it anyway. Hit me. Would you rather travel or go on a vacation? Oh, go on a vacation. 100%. What's Easy. the difference? I don't need to explain that. Well, so traveling, well, this is a great chance to explain. So there's a difference between trips and vacations. So if you go to, say... Uh, I actually thought a lot about this. If you go, I have. I, I just went through this over the weekend explaining this to people. Uh, I if, if you go on a trip, let's say you go on a trip to uh, the UK. Explain to people as opposed to dogs and cats. <laughs> That's how I I've been practicing on dogs and cats for months. <laughs> and now I'm ready to explain to people. Uh, if you go to London <laughs> on a trip, Right. Every right. minute of every day is going to be like, we got to go see this. We got to go see this. We got to go see this. That's why it's called a school trip, not a school vacation, obviously. A vacation, you're like, we're going to go there and then we'll make it up as we go along. Maybe we have a punch list of things we'd like to see, but, mm. you know, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll see it or maybe we won't. Planned versus, un well, planned versus unplanned is what you're saying. Yes, I agree. And it doesn't matter if you agree because yeah. I'm right. I've been practicing. Well, I think a vacation is really whatever the person going wants it to be. Oh. A person vacationing wants to plan out what they're going to do because they want to see it all. I think that's fair. Then, but I think the I problem I have I with this question agree. is not the difference between like a trip and a vacation. Is oh. that it's not like would you rather travel or have a vacation? It's go on a vacation, which I think implies traveling. Yeah, I think that's... It's like having a vacation, like a staycation, right? right? Take a don't vacation travel. Yeah, take a vacation. Go on exactly. a vacation. So anyway, here's your real question. Hit me. Would you rather visit every country in the world or go to space? Oh, space. 100% space. <sighs> Definitely not space. What are you going to do when you get there? Die, Die <laughs> Dan, would you rather... Oh, this is really some of your last question. I'm going to skip it. Dan, would you... If time weren't an issue, would you rather travel by... Sh what is on my hand? Scott <laughs> just paused and then looked very concerned at his hand while flipping it back. Look, I don't know what this is. Maybe it's... It's a ringworm. Um, if time weren't an oh, issue, my word. would you rather travel by ship, train, or by plane? Grace has a ringworm right now, just so you know. Oh, my word. That's why it's in my mind. Ship, plane, or boat? Wait, boat is the same ship, thing. Ship, <laughs> train, boat, train. locomotive. <laughs> okay. I think I'd choose by boat. Oh. That'd be, that'd be fun. Yeah. Back in the days of the Mayflower with Elder Brewster. Nice. Hey. Brewster. History buff. The guy. I just went to Plymouth Plantation when we were in Massachusetts. Hmm. Well, now it's called Plymouth Patuxet. Huh. Because Patuxet, I learned, is uh, uh, what the Native Americans called that region before. That's cool. Well, and probably after the Pilgrims arrived. Almost so certainly it's like, after. It's both. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Also, I want to apologize to the listeners because Max and I haven't seen each other in like three weeks. That's so very true. So we're, off the wall. we're jawing off a little bit. Oh, no. <laughs> It jumped back. Okay. Would I rather travel abroad alone or with a group? Oh, with a group. 100%. Oh. Traveling alone, I feel like, could be fun. I did a couple a couple days alone right. when I was traveling with a friend because he was ill. So we stayed in the hostel. Uh, and it was really cool, but I, I wouldn't want to do a long trip like that. I'd get weird and lonely. Hmm. And I'm not social enough to just make friends with natives. Um, Bill, would you rather plan your own trip or let the locals tell you the best places, things to do, et cetera? Hmm. I'll let the locals. That makes sense to me. Nice. Um, Max, would you rather go into the past and meet your ancestors or go into the future and meet your great-great-grandchildren? Ooh. Don't break the space-time continuum. Right, right. Yeah, I think... Either way. For the sake of the universe, I'd rather go back in time. Then you can't talk to them too much. You may never be born. I think it's fair. <laughs> they might be like, oh, if this is my, <laughs> my great-great-grandson, there's no way I'm getting married. If you change the space time continuum and are never born, do you go to heaven or do you just cease to exist? Oh, that's topic of the week. So let's not talk, <laughs> let's not talk about that now. Dan, for your last, this is our last round. So this is your last question. Would you rather visit Italy or Greece? Oh, seeing as I'm Italian, I go for Italy. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Have you ever been to Italy? No. All right. I've never been to Europe. I'd love to go. Well, soon you can, hopefully. Yeah. Um, would I rather travel for five years in an RV or travel for five years in a sailboat? RV, hands down. Mm. Um, and Bill, would you rather vacation at the beach or in the mountains? All right. <laughs> Neither. Not a fan of either. No, not really. Really? Really? Where would you like to vacation? I, I like going places where you see things like when we were in Berlin, they have this whole district that's different museums. Yeah. Oh, the museum island. Yeah. That was neat. Hmm. And there's way more to it than just those museums. Even when you're walking around, you see bullet holes in the walls from World War II. Really? Yeah. 
Yeah. You uh, see Checkpoint Charlie, and there's just so, a lot of things that you see while you're walking to the place you're trying to get to. That's crazy. Yeah, it's a good trip. Berlin is really a neat place to see. Wow. So that being said, mountains or beach? <laughs> I'll take mountains. Yeah. I remember going on a really nice vacation in Colorado. Mm. Sweet. Uh, it has been far too long since we had a word from Rome. Bill is reading a 26-volume edition of A Complete History of the Decline and Fall and Rise and Then Fall Again of the Roman Empire. <laughs> uh, Bill, what did you read this week? All right. It just happened this morning, as a matter of fact. The um, fall of Constantinople hey. on May 29th, 1453. Shoot. Yeah, what was fascinating was that their technology started advancing. And so the Mohammedans had a cannon that was 12 hand breadths for the barrel. And I thought, my gosh, wow, how big is this thing? So this is how big it was. It had a 600-pound bomb in it, and it took something like a 300-pound charge of gunpowder to shoot this cannonball. I wouldn't want to be the one laying it off. Right. <laughs> so they, I'm not positive they used this particular cannon, but they had some other big cannons and they put them on a pontoon boat so they could get in front of quite the, the wall in Constantinople and start hitting the wall with their cannon shots. And they just destroyed this wall and the Mohammedans outnumbered the Greeks by about maybe a hundred to one. Wow. So they rushed in and took over. So that was what I read about today. That's incredible. It really is. The degeneracy of the, they call the Byzantine empire, the Greeks. They just, they had no soldiers left. Right. They just, really just didn't care anymore. Really something. Hmm. Hard to fathom that you degenerate so much that it just doesn't matter. And the other thing is, they felt like they were better treated by the Mohammedans than they were by the Roman church. Hmm. So they'd rather be captured by them anyway than by the Romans. Wow. Hmm. Wow. If you're at yeah. 1453, are you pretty close to the end? Yes, because I've only got 50 pages to go. And I'm all right, go Bill. Oh, wow. wow. Nice. So I'm hoping to have it all done by no later than Monday. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. The whole explosive thing reminds me of reading, I just finished a big book on the Panama Canal and the whole history of it. Oh, sure. Just how many people died in explosive accidents. Mm, really? And blown up by dynamite. When was the Panama Canal made? From like 1903. Three, four to nineteen fourteen. Whoa! Started by the French and finished by us Americans. Yeah, we had to resolve how not to die. Was it smallpox? It was mosquitoes. Malaria, malaria, malaria. and, and uh, yellow fever. Yeah, yellow fever. Mm. They didn't know that it was caused by mosquitoes. They thought it was just if you go out in the night, the night air is noxious and it'll kill you. Whoa! And so some guy, some, this doctor named Gorgas. Figured out that it was mosquitoes. Dr. Gorgas. <laughs> Dr. Gorgas. <laughs> figured it out and sprayed. And at first I thought, this is ridiculous. We don't believe in this. We're like, well, we'll let them do it. And then all the, the deaths like, just took a drop off. At least for the white workers. Anyway, yeah. it's crazy. People who are black or from like the West Indies, they tended to die at a higher rate. Huh. After the spraying or just in general? Yeah, because it, was it wasn't in their areas where they worked all the time. Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah. Right. Sense. Sure. Were the camps segregated at that point? Like, yeah, were, were camps segregated. It was great, great life for certain right. people, and not great life for others. Sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. I can't believe they thought the night air was noxious. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, the mosquitoes come out at night. Right. They bite you, so they just. Yeah, so there's vapors, the vapors wrong. in the air. Yeah. Man, yeah. can you imagine if our planet worked that way? I know. It'd be scary. If you can't go out at night. I mean, there's no way we would. We'd still be alive. <laughs> but so many people, so many people died of dynamite accidents where they'd just be like lighting the fuses and running and. Like, hmm. Was it because it was unstable or just because they didn't know how to use it? Probably. A lot of times they didn't get well trained. Right. They just mm -hmm. threw whoever in. Like, yeah, you're today. You're the foreman of this, you know, job. Wow. Digging this thing. 
this was, the dynamite. This was both the French and the Americans had not. Mostly, it was mostly Americans. I think they had the dynamite casualties. Wow. Oh. Wow. That was horrible. Uh, Dan. Yes. Will you? I was trying to think of a pun, like an explosive pun. I don't have one. <laughs> can you pick a number? You explode. Between, can you explode me a number of between <laughs> one and a thousand and one? Let's go with. 492. 492. Kapow! Columbus sailed the ocean blue. 492. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really, really. Um, I might recognize this one. No, no. All right. So this is, of course, from uh, 1001 Things That You Always Want to Know About the Bible But Never Thought to Ask by J. Stephen Lang, author of the complete book of Bible trivia with over 600,000 copies sold. Uh, this section 492 uh, is notable people alphabetically. Uh, 492, Nimrod, the name refers to any daring or outstanding hunter based on Genesis 10, 8 to 9. Nimrod began to be a mighty one on the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. He was a great builder, establishing both Babylon and Assyria, which became oh. mighty empires. I had no idea of that. Me neither. And his name became an insult. <laughs> right. That's what I was going to say. Is I, don't, I don't think of it as a compliment. Like, I what a Nimrod. I think of yeah. it as a like an an, an, an idiot. <laughs> I wonder where that change happened. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So who is Nimrod? He was a hunter. <laughs> I, I'm serious. He's just like a guy. Is he? It, a he only shows up in like two lines of the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. In, so this is Genesis 10. Cush yeah. was the father of Nimrod, who became a mighty warrior on the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. That is why it is said, like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord. Uh, the first centers of his kingdom were Babylon, Uruk, Akkad, and Kalna, and Shinar. From that land, he went forth to Assyria, where he built Nineveh. Huh. Connection with Jonah. Rehoboth, Ir, Kala, and Rezin, which is between Nineveh and Kala, which is a great city. That guy was productive. Yeah. Wow. Uh, before we get into Listener Mail, it's time for our first sponsor. Listener Mail is brought to us this week by Day Camp. Bloomingdale Church welcomes mm-hmm. all kids going into first through sixth grade to our annual Day Camp on June 15th through 18th, 2021. Day Camp is a four-day in-person and mostly outdoor experience for kids who have had an unpredictable year and need a safe place to connect with other kids and make new friends. With this year's Day Camp theme, Press Play, kids will enjoy live music, fishing, story times, games, and take-home crafts while learning how to build their confidence, knowing that they belong and that they can make a difference. Day Camp, June 15th through 18th, in person at Bloomingdale Church. To register or volunteer, visit bloomingdalechurch.org slash daycamp. That's getting fired up. Dan, are you involved with that at all? Uh, the week of I will be. I think I'll be in the third grade class. Not in the leadership of it. But. Okay. Sweet. I think I'm volunteering with Scott. The word on the street is I may be drumming. Yeah. Sweet. Bill, are you doing games this year? I know you always used to do games. No, I'm with second graders. All right. Are you always with second graders? I used to do games all the time, but one year I got sunsick Oh, sure. Just haven't gone back to it. It was just too much sun for one day. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I did games uh, the year you got married. Did you? Yeah, I lost my voice by the third day. <laughs> but kids <laughs> just love it if you're animated. I so even if you're a horse, they think it's funny. Even if you're a horse. I that's think it's that's the real winner. It is time for listener mail. As uh, as I understand, the listener ding, mail, ding, ding. The listener mail bell is in the shop. Oh, uh, so that's why it needed a little help. So sad. Like, dang, dang, dang. Scott, what have you brought instead to replace? I brought it? the listener. Wait, no, we already we did trumpet for something else. Mm-hmm. We did. brought in the listener triangle. It sounds very similar to the listener bell. Can you play it? Ding, ding, ding. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, Man, I can't believe you have that in your pocket. Yeah. Uh, listeners, if you would like to be part of the show, you can send questions, would you rather's trivia quizzes and brand new instruments to podcast at bloomingdalechurch.org, just like Leah did. Leah writes, hi. Hi, Leah. Hi, Leah. (laughs) Hello, Leah. Hi, Bill. (laughs) Can you guys talk about and explain the idea behind Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and others who died in the faith going to Abraham's bosom and that they're waiting there for Jesus to die and rise again? Um, really quick, are you guys familiar with this idea of, I mean, I think it's a pretty mm-hmm. common question of what happened to, to faithful Jews who died before Jesus came. Um, what is the idea of Abraham's bosom or, or if that's unrelated, mm-hmm. what is the idea behind what happens to 
what happened to Jews before Jesus came? Well, it comes from when Jesus was talking about Lazarus, not the Lazarus that died and got risen again, mm-hmm. uh, the, of the poor man Lazarus who was contrasted with the rich man who had great things in his life, and Lazarus, the dog was like licking his sores. He had a really miserable life. The rich man was not right. so kind. Lazarus goes to Abraham's bosom or Abraham's side, hmm. and the rich man goes to hell, essentially. And that, that whole interchange of, well, send someone to like cool the tip of my tongue with a, your finger because I'm in agony here, hmm. the rich man says. Like, I can't do anything. There's a big chasm here that's fixed between us, and no one can cross it, even if they wanted to. Sure. That's like the biblical context of it. Let me just make sure I... You know, do you have an idea of where that is in... Luke 16. Luke? Man. I'm a little, where in the Bible? I just turned, it, I just turned to it. All right. <laughs> I can correct. Luke 16, 19 to 31. Wow. Okay. Is that our only understanding, like, from a biblical perspective, at least off the top of your heads, of, like, what, you know, what happened to Israelites and... and Jews, and in that case, Nimrod, like after they died? Well, it, there's really a question as to what happens to all of us. Mm. Mm. Paul says to be... Absent in the body is present with the Lord? The yeah, yeah. I, I knew it wasn't to be dead. <laughs> <laughs> to be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. Mm. So we all hang on to that. But there's a real question is, are we in heaven? Are we in a paradise that precedes heaven, what happens to us really? Because then there's this resurrection of the dead when we have glorified bodies. Mm-hmm. So because nobody's ever really lived through it, mm. we, there's there's a lot of questions about it. Yeah, a lot of people have died through it. <clears throat> Very true. But no one yet has really lived through it. Well, two people, yeah. Elijah and Enoch, <laughs> they've lived through it. Yeah, they went through it, but see, we're waiting for them to come back and explain it to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, but, but Abraham's bosom makes sense because Abraham was justified by faith. Hmm. And you see that in Genesis 15, 6, and it gets brought up in Romans. So that makes sense that Lazarus is in the bosom of Abraham, meaning, yes, he's by his side, and yes, he's a person that is saved by faith. Sure. Genesis 15, 6 says, Abraham believed the Lord, and he, was, he credited it to him as righteousness. Wow. So Abraham, and that's not the same thing as us being justified by, or saved by faith in terms of Jesus, right? I mean, Abraham was a sinner, mm-hmm. and he... Um, he demonstrated that. He did demonstrate <laughs> that. Just like all of us. Right. So what, what does that kind of mean in, in terms of how it can be credited to him as righteousness? All right. All of us are saved through Jesus Christ. Abraham, too. Hmm. He's looking forward to the day of salvation on the cross. We look back upon the day. Hmm. So in the eyes of God, it doesn't matter. God's mm-hmm. not confused. Yeah. So his salvation is because Jesus died on the cross. Yeah. I'm curious, and, and maybe you don't have the answer to this question, um, but uh, you know, your time in Buffalo Grove, you worked with a lot of Jewish communities and and as you've talked about on the show, like had really close relationships with a lot of Jewish leaders. Like what do modern day Jews anticipate happening after they die? Right. Cause we believe that we die. And then at some near point of consciousness, we are before the throne of God and Jesus is our advocate expressing his, his support of us and taking our punishment for us. Right. Mm-hmm. So is it, in your experience, and again, that's why I say, like, if you never had this specific conversation, then that makes sense. But yeah, they don't really think about it that much. Sure, they're in a quandary because they don't have a temple to make sacrifices, so they have Day of Atonement, and they go to the temple all day long. Yeah, they made it very clear they hate this day. Sure, because it's a day lost. They can't go to work. They're supposed to fast. You're stuck in a never ending synagogue service. You pay to be there. Okay. You pay for your five big holy days in Judaism. Hmm. It's really interesting. They, 
you don't just join a synagogue like people join a church. You will go to a synagogue fair and walk around and meet the different leaders of the synagogue, and they will have price points. Okay. This is what it costs a family to join. This is what it costs for your child to be hmm. in the bar mitzvah track. This is what it costs for you to come to these holy days. And so you might base it somewhat on the price. Sure. But they really look like there's almost price collusion. It just looks like, wow, they all charge pretty much exactly the same thing. Hmm. It's not what I thought it would be. It was. It's really, really different. And hmm. Very few of my friends were truly religious Jews. Hmm. Even if they were a member of a synagogue, it was probably because they wanted to get their kids through the bar mitzvah track. And that was like the specific area that you were, were working in and like the relationships that you... Yeah, Buffalo Grove is very secular. Okay. I mean, really secular. Really secular. You, you've got to get into those spots in Brooklyn, New York, where you find Hasidic Jews. Yeah. Where you're, you are literally in a parallel universe with those Hasidic You drive down the, the highways in New York, those areas that are super Hasidic Jewish, and they've got like the, the booths set up to celebrate the... Feast of Tabernacles. Mm -hmm. Wow. So was, okay. Cool. Like they take it pretty seriously. Sure. Yeah. They take it very seriously. And even though we lived in Buffalo Grove all those years, when we were on a bus ride through Brooklyn, it was a tour bus for the New York City Marathon, but they took us to the neatest places. And <clears throat> the one that really captured my imagination and Nicole's and Nancy's was... On a Saturday, these Jewish men were walking to and from the synagogue, and they had beaver fur hats that were a foot tall. Whoa. And they're all wearing these things. And then their wives are just dressed like everybody else, just nothing unusual about them at all, just nicely dressed, and they're walking down the street. That was Truly fascinating. And they also, of course, had the real long curls going down the side of their head, yeah. the beards. Scott. I admire them. I mean, they uh, they really have a religious bone in their bodies. Sure. And they're living difficult lives. They're Man, they're kosher. Hmm. That, that's hard to be kosher. Scott, to kind of bring us back a little bit, what did you go to to look up? I mean, so the question is, you know, what do Jewish people believe happens? And this doesn't directly answer that question, but sure. this was from back when I was researching world religions last year, early yeah, last year. For the young adults, um, for the young couples group. Mm -hmm. So this is from the... Every Wednesday night. Every Wednesday night at 7, 7 p.m. PM. <clears throat> at com Common Grounds. <laughs> and at Coffee House. <laughs> um, this is from the mfa.gov.il, which is the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Israel's website. Okay. Mm. And this is a page says about the Jewish religion. Uh, the Jewish people serve God by study, prayer, and by the observance of the commandments set forth in the Torah. This faithfulness to the biblical covenant can be understood as the vocation, witness, and mission of the Jewish people. Unlike some religions, Judaism does not believe that other peoples must adopt its own religious beliefs and practices in order to be redeemed. It is by deeds, not creed, that the world is judged. The righteous of all nations have a share in the world to come. For this reason, Judaism is not an active missionary religion. The community does accept converts, but this is at the decision of competent Jewish religious authorities. It is not simply a matter of personal self-identification. Hmm. Um, and then down here at the bottom, it says... Traditionally, the Jewish people live in expectation of the coming of a messianic age in which universal peace will be established on earth according to the vision of the prophets of Israel. Um, so wow. it sounds like what they believe more or less is that as long as you kind of do right by your standard, right. that you're redeemed. Um, and it seems like their belief about the Messiah and his role and all that doesn't necessarily, I mean, that's a very short sentence that we just read right. about the Messiah, but it doesn't necessarily have much to do with like salvation as it does like mm. removing the problems of the world or establishing peace or whatever. Sure. Which seems like an interesting evolution of sort of the idea of, of 
Abraham, right, being having mm-hmm. being credited as righteous mm-hmm. because of his faith. Because of his faith, like that makes a lot of sense as like a natural progression of of sort of what that would look like. And Bill, you said something that was very interesting that you know they look forward. You know, Jews in the Old Testament looked forward to the coming of Jesus, and we look back at it. But either way, it, it's the same thing. Um, is that just is that purely because God exists outside of time? Like whether you were living in the Old or New Testament, like your faith in God's power to redeem and the eventual coming of the Messiah, like that didn't matter whether like what era you were living in. I wonder. Basically, salvation in Jesus is sort of contingent upon us getting to the point where we realize like I cannot live up to the standard that God has set for me. I'm like, I'm throwing myself on his mercy and relying fully on what he has done for my salvation in Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I think, I can't, I feel like there's a Psalm or two where David says kind of a similar thing where he just fully throws himself on God's mercy. Um, and I wonder if that's kind of, it's like the same mentality. It's just a different like lens through which you view it of like, I cannot do this on my own. Um, I'm sorry, Lord, for the sins that I've done against you. And I'm just like putting myself at your mercy um, to do with me what you will. And, and maybe that kind of humility and that just sort of coming before God and acknowledging our sinfulness and his sovereignty is sort of the the, the bridge um, between like what they experienced, not knowing exactly what was going to happen with Jesus and the Messiah and you know where we are now, knowing that when we throw ourselves on God's mercy, it's like through Jesus Christ that we receive the mercy. Yeah. Mm. That just brought up in my mind Hebrews 11, talking about Moses. That by faith, when Moses, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. In this verse 26, he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. Mm. So like identifying with Christ yeah. even before Christ was even born. Yeah. By his, his faith and his faith being worked out in what he did. Mm. And Bill, you love to talk about Jesus showing up in the Old Testament mm-hmm. all the time, and I agree totally, Dan. Like, there's a, I think there's a number of references in Hebrews to to the places that Jesus shows up as well, um, and how he he made people, right? He build he mm-hmm. builds. It is Moses that he says, you know, as Jesus made Moses, right? The one who builds the house is greater than the house. Um, final thoughts on. Abraham's bosom before we move on? Well, I think it's real sad that I know Jewish people are still looking for the Messiah. Sure. I remember reading an article a few years back, I think it was in National Geographic, that talked about how there was a certain group of Jews in, I think in Brooklyn, New York, that were so convinced that this like 95-year-old rabbi was the Messiah. Yeah, Schneerson. And they were, yeah, they were like, this guy is it. And they died. Mm-hmm. And on their hope. Just kind of disintegrated, I'm sure. Yeah. He didn't come back. He didn't become their savior. And right. It's just sad that it's like, ah, oh, he already came. Mm-hmm. He's already here. Yeah. He's available and wants to be part of your life. Mm-hmm. So th- those are probably the Hasidic Jews? I think so. I don't think the Jews in Buffalo Grove cared about Schneerson. Yeah, I think it was like a local group of yeah. people in this yeah. synagogue or in this neighborhood. They were like so convinced that this guy was old at that point. I remember this. And man, they were rabid about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, these people are just like shouting and jumping up and down. They are so fired up. And then you have this man in his 90s who's just gaunt show up and you think, he's the savior of the world? Hmm. He's going to be lucky if he wakes up tomorrow. I mean, what? one thing it speaks to me of is how foolish our hearts are are when they're darkened that we we mm. believe this kind of stuff sure mm. i think i think also you, you brought up a couple months ago um, when we were talking about islam and you talked about the faithfulness of prayer and how it kind of puts a lot of modern day christians to shame just the faithfulness in prayer of many muslim people mm-hmm. in the same way that level of of urgency and that level of excitement about who they thought the messiah was like I don't know if I've ever been other than a, a handful of times, like jumping up and down and described as like rabid about mm-hmm. the fact that mm. Jesus saved my life and nothing else ever could. Um, and that I couldn't save myself. 
So at the same time, I think it reveals like our need, our need for a savior and yeah. and a proper response if we ever, you know, when when we finally meet Jesus, yeah, um, in our own lives and in our own time, like you know, what that response looks like. Mm. Um, Jen pointed out something like this with Hinduism mm. about. A month ago when we were talking to her on the phone, remember that day? Uh -huh. You were in the group and Daniel, she said, COVID, we've got a super spreader event and it's because once every 12 years, you can come to the Ganges River and have your sins cleansed. Mm. And so something like 3.5 million Hindus were at the Ganges River then and nobody's going to persuade them right. you can't do this because, hey, this only happens once every 12 years. I need my sins cleansed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm taking my chances. And then it became a super spreader event for COVID. Sure. As you said, those people are not like, not stupid. They're really smart, intelligent, well-educated yeah. people. But this is what but there's that need in them to yeah. have mm -hmm. their sins Ooh. cleansed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's more important mm -hmm. than COVID. Mm-hmm them completely okay. i mean and exactly and having your sins cleansed having is more sins important cleansed than COVID, is certainly period. more important than COVID. yeah, yeah. Exactly. so from their perspective where that's the truth yeah it makes sense completely well let's get into topic of the week topic of the week this week is brought to you by the how and why of budgeting in just two hours master the art of budgeting with the help of expert teachers don and pat mueller learn how to track your household budget and find more money each month, the How and Why of Budgeting, Sunday, June 20th and 27th from 9.30 to 10.30 in the Coffee House. For more information, talk to Pat, Dan Marcello, or Bill Calvin. Mm. Bill, are you aware of this class? Oh, yeah. It <laughs> sounds amazing. I think it's going to be amazing. Don and Pat teachers. are super smart. Man. Yeah. Nice way to just get a handle on your finances real fast. For sure. For topic of the week this week, uh, we've been on hiatus for two weeks. As I mentioned, I got sick two weeks ago and spent last week out of town. Uh, before that, Scott and Dan also uh, skipped town for, for various reasons, but now we're all back together for the first time in four weeks, right? Yeah. The week three weeks ago, uh, we didn't have Dan. Um, briefly, where did you guys end up going? Scott, you went to... I went to Massachusetts. Okay. And just saw family and hung out? Lived in the woods. Lived in, <laughs> lived in, lived in a, a leaf pile. Uh, yeah, we stayed with Leah's parents. Cool. For the week. And Dan? Went to South Carolina and saw family. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Was it hot? No, it wasn't too bad. It was nice. Warmer than here at the time. It was in the 50s here. Yeah. Mm. It, was, it was probably the 70s and 80s. Sure. This is a topic that we've addressed uh, uh, at least once, maybe maybe a couple times on the on the show, especially when it comes to like setting boundaries and things like that. We had a, a, a mini series on boundary setting as a sort of side piece. Um, Bill, you said that Jesus took ten holidays during his ministry. Is that right? Yes. But he like, if I say go on. What will you say? <laughs> so one way to find out. Well, I, I can't tell you where he went. Sure. I mean, he stayed in Israel. Right. <laughs> the beach. He didn't but it was space. just a matter of come away and rest a while. That's mm. like a King James Version verse that gets yeah. cited. Mm. So it's just take the 12 with him and get away from the crowds yeah. for a short while. But to have that happen 10 times in anywhere from a year and a half to three years really speaks to the importance of having a vacation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because he doesn't need a vacation, right? He's one, he's God. And two, oh, wait, he's also yeah, human. human. He, he was tired. Yeah, I okay. think he tired. But the, on the, the principle, he could have said, I've only got three years to get this all right, done. He's got people to say, I got limited time. I got to maximize the impact. I yes. got to work hard. We got to yes. train them. We got to get everything done. Okay. But he, he doesn't say that. See, and I want to follow right. that too. Let me, I love that yeah. because if he had done that, if he says, I've got three years of 365, I'm just going all out, man. I'm not going to rust out. I'm going to burn out. Right. I think, okay, and this is our model. Mm -hmm. So what are we supposed to do if we live more than three years in the ministry? <laughs> <laughs> Die at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let me back up. <laughs> let me back up to this because Jesus is fully God and he's fully man. And, I, and it's true. He gets tired. Uh, can you really quickly off the top of your head, cite me examples of Jesus getting tired? Cause I can't remember them right now. 
John chapter 4, he's at the well. Hmm. Thirsty. It makes it clear that he's tired. The disciples go into town to get food. Yeah. Jesus knows why he's at the well. He wants to meet this woman hmm. that everybody ostracizes. He knows this woman is the key to a revival in, in Sychar of Samaria. Yeah. It's really neat. But he is tired. He's sitting at the well. He's weary. Mm. You think of Jesus being in the boat when the storm, he was sleeping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And probably worn out potentially after a long day. to sleep through that storm. I know. <laughs> Real sleepy. When he carries the cross and he can't carry it. Right. And so they make someone else carry it for him. Right. Um, that's, a, that's also another one. Um, which, I mean, I, I think it's kind of a, an endless rabbit hole to go down. Like, well, why can't his God being overshadow his human being? And the answer is he, he probably can. Mm -hmm. um, I imagine. And if that's flagrantly wrong, please tell me now. Um, I don't know. It's weird to me that Jesus gets tired, but, but clearly he does. And it's interesting that as, as far as I understand, I mean, you know, when we talk about sickness and we talk about cell degeneration and things like that, that's a consequence of the fall. That's part of being in a broken world is mm -hmm. that is sort of entropy and, and the uh, eventual decay of things. But him getting tired is not inherently sinful, right? Because he doesn't sin. So the fact that he gets tired and the fact that he gets is the fact that he gets tired and the fact that we get tired, is that part of being broken? Part of sin. Okay. It's, it's what came with it when sin came into the world. Mm. Mm. You, really, you got to wonder, was, did Adam and Eve ever experience tiredness Before prior to the sin? Yeah. Wow. That, that is mind-boggling thought. I mean, Adam and Eve are mind-boggling to me. Right. That they are just... Completely perfect. Yeah. You look at their skin, there's no skin tags, there's no pimples, there's no warts. You just think, I mean, if they walked in a room right now, everybody's head would turn. It would just be like, my gosh, I've never seen two people so yeah. handsome or beautiful in my life. Hmm. No, no freight, no, what do you call it, split ends with hair. Mm -hmm. Just unbelievable. So... To that point then, Bill, we see in the creation on the seventh day that God rests. He kind of sets this pattern for his creation of rest. So if being if getting tired is a result of the fall, but resting right. existed mm -hmm. pre-fall, what's the like relationship between those two things? Yeah. I think that's an excellent question. To me, that almost makes it seem like there is something inherently valuable to resting, even if it's not recovery, mm. even if it's not physical or, or even psychological or emotional recovery, but that there is something in the discipline of it. Sure. Do you think Adam and Eve mm. slept? I, I don't know. I mean, you really... <laughs> I mean, Adam slept once. Yeah, he was the guy causing the fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, God put him I to sleep. I hope he was asleep. True. Right? Yeah. Well, here's yeah. something that I want to throw in before we get too far down this rabbit hole. Please. Adam <laughs> sleeping. <laughs> uh, coming back to Jesus being tired. I think, I think it was necessary for Jesus to be tired because... Or to get tired. In Hebrews 4.15, it says... Speaking of Jesus, we have one who has been tempted in every way, just mm. as we are. And I think yes. tiredness leads to all sorts of temptation and, right. and, mm. and a weakness of, of our will sometimes. And to, for Jesus to be tempted in every way, he needed to experience that kind of like breakdown of his mental faculties that comes when mm. you're tired yeah. uh, so that he could resist them and so he could empathize with us right. and, and be that high priest for it us. It would have been hard to empathize being like, I'll have a good night's sleep, guys. I'm just going to stay up. and I'm just going to stand here. <laughs> going to stand here. Right. Pray. Pray. Yeah. <laughs> and, and when he's tempted in the desert as well. Yeah. Exact same yeah. situation. Like Sometimes, I mean, tiredness and, and I was talking to someone recently, I don't remember who, but uh, saying like, you know, when, they, when they're lying in bed getting ready for sleep, that's like a time when they're really kind of beset by temptation-ish mm. thoughts and yeah. 
And I think that's a really, that's a big part of, of mm. sinfulness is like when you're tired, you are often more prone to whatever. Sure. That just ended my train of thought for some reason. I was thinking about the principle of rest yeah. that God instituted. Just, I guess I was thinking about it recently, having watched an episode of The Chosen where they, it was about Sabbath. And so they were all doing the Sabbath. And it just struck me like all these people in this culture of this one day set it aside, rested, didn't do any work, but also were able to focus on God. Hmm. Set that day aside, like just to be for him. And all we're saying, like the same prayers and the same hmm. recitations and the same, eating the same meal. Hmm. I just I thought that was pretty neat. Hmm. All collectively be doing that at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of a different perspective on mm-hmm. rest. I mean, obviously that's post fall. So there was like the component of resting mm-hmm. for perhaps recovery, but also mm-hmm. like resting in the sense of like not working so that you can mm-hmm. be focusing on God, mm-hmm. which kind of makes me think of our conversation. I think this was last week about productivity and staff meeting mm-hmm. and the idea of like productivity, Christian productivity, not being about getting things done, but about like your character. Mm-hmm. So like different perspectives on yeah. productivity and rest and, and that makes me think about, you know, pre-fall, Adam and Eve worked, right? Adam and Eve have well, they n- named the animals. Jobs and, and, yeah. yeah. Um, Work didn't come as a result of sin. That's right. It got more difficult. Right. Right. And so... And but, perhaps also did farming, gardening sort of farming, because when God is telling them the results of their sin, it is, and now you will earn your living by the sweat of your brow. And, and it's real obvious he's referring to farming. Mm-hmm. Uh, there will be thorns and thistles. And this is not going to be as fun as it's been. Right. You know, <laughs> it, it would be fun to garden if you didn't have to fool around with weeds at all. Yeah. True. And if everything grew yeah. beautifully. And yeah. Which is another easily. part of, the, of what he says to him is that it won't produce for you like what yeah. it has been. And, mm. um, yeah, and so there is still a day of, there is still rest built into it and, and a time of not working, which sort yeah. of allows them to focus on God and not let their work become the yeah. reason they are alive. Trusting God, I know Bill's mentioned that a number of times, taking a vacation, taking a day off, it's an act of trusting God and saying, whether it's my business or my ministry or whatever it is, yeah. it's, I'm going to, God has said this is important yeah. to rest and to, mm. I'm going to trust him that it's going to be all be there tomorrow Yeah, when I go in and when I have to do what I have to do. And it is interesting that we don't take a break from God, right? Like we're trying to be close to God like seven days a week. Mm-hmm. There's no Sabbath from God, right? Mm-hmm. The Sabbath mm-hmm. is, uh, is from everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that's interesting. And, and to your point, Dan, of sort of that trust of like the things will still be there when you come back tomorrow, that kind of brings us into that second point we talked about of Jesus, you know, very well could have been in crunch mode for three years. <laughs> yeah. It's been like, I gotta save everybody I can. Um, that would have been an exhausting model for the disciples to follow. Like oh, said, yeah. like, it just does. It's not something sustainable over a long period of time. Well, hmm. Jesus, our workaholic. I mean, yeah. that right. just doesn't ring true at all. Jesus right. working a hundred hours a week. Mm. And it would fly in the face of, of the God of the Old Testament, right? It would fly in the face of the Father. Um, and also when Jesus, since Jesus is in the beginning and he's creating, he took, right, he's, he took the Sabbath mm. originally mm-hmm. himself, right? Right. It's like that duality, like Bill preached about this past weekend. I am working, my father is always working, and I too am working. Right. Like Jesus is at work. He values hard work and work for his kingdom. It also values that rest of come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give mm. you rest mm. for your souls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting, like, I was reading, either, I think this was yesterday, uh, I think I've referenced this but in the past, I'm reading this book called The Worship Pastor, almost done, uh, and the most recent chapter was on curating the components of the service, and in the end, he talks about transitions and using the transitions in my opinion, he maybe took a little bit too far, but using the transitions as moments to like proclaim truths, like an example that I thought was not too like weird and fluffy uh, was like when people are, you're inviting them to stand and sing. He says like, you know, Jesus rose again from the dead and and we're going to rise with him. Like let's stand and kind of like embodying like Mm. this is what we're about to do. And here's like a little nugget of truth to go with it. That's kind of similar to what we're doing, Mm -hmm. which is a cool idea. And I see like in Jesus, like what we were talking about earlier 
know, Jesus says, I too am at work. Like when he was sleeping on the boat, that was like a, a moment where he was working with the disciples. And when he was tired of the well, that was like a moment when he was going to work with this, with this woman. And so he's like leveraging even those moments of rest mm. in his, in a way that like only he can, mm. uh, that like, it's not, it's a time of rest and also like a time that's for another person too, in a really unique way. Mm. I want to talk uh, pretty practically, and I'm glad we talked about, you know, uh, Christian and non-Christian fastballs uh, and sort of the, the practical side of the way that the church serves, right? Serves the the daily needs uh, physically and spiritually and emotionally of, of the people in it, right? Um, for how can we, as the body of Christ, facilitate rest for one another, especially for those who have a lot of difficulty setting boundaries, right? Or who have jobs that demand every minute of their lives. Um, for those who in a financial sense can't quote mm -hmm. afford, uh, to, to take breaks, can't afford to, to take days off. If I don't go into work tomorrow, I'll just be replaced. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and laying as a foundation the fact that all of our jobs and all that we have comes directly from God. And that if he didn't supply for us through a job, he would supply through us through something else. Um, but how can we as followers of Jesus facilitate rest for one another and encourage rest in one another and not just encourage it as I cannot remember the reference of just saying like, hey, like, be well, and then never, you know, mm -hmm. walking away. Um, like, don't James, forget James too. James, don't forget to rest. Bye. Um, <laughs> right. But how can we facilitate that? I think oh. as um, staff members of the church, not guilting people when they need to step away from something, hmm. whether it's like a one-off or like longer term. Um, if their reason for stepping away is like, you know, I need, I just need some more margin with my family, or, or like or to be with God or whatever, like letting them have that without harassing them about it or like, sure, you know, because I think that can be really easy to do, especially when it's people that we really rely on. Like it can really stink for them to be like, I need this break. Right. Um, but just like letting it be and, and, and maybe even encouraging it. Mm. Lending a hand. Mm. Somebody says, I've got this to do and you're able to, work alongside of them, man, that really does help. Mm. Helps your spirit just to know somebody cares enough about me to lend mm. a hand. Yeah. Mm. I think of being a person of rest and not just that I'm resting all the time, but the person that, <laughs> a person that when I interact with people, they feel refreshed. Mm. And so it's not like, oh man, but like to be a source of love and encouragement, try to embody that, those qualities of Christ. So that someone walks away feeling like, ha, ah, okay. Instead of, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do you do that, Dan? I guess it's kind of, I feel like God's kind of built that into my nature to be more of an encourager. Mm. So I just try to hone in on that and say, try to ask God for discernment of like what, and every, and when I'm on my, as Bill says, on my A game, trying to ask God even before an interaction, like how can I be there for this person today? Mm. What does this person, show me what this person needs, Lord. Wow, can mm. I? help with a tough situation or mm. or just picking up on cues and trying to, to be a source of life and encouragement yeah. and of rest. Yeah. So then I can't change their circumstances, but at least I can be there for them through them. For sure. I think seeking out people's needs is, is huge, right? Because how often, um, you know, just to empathize, like how often do I feel like my needs are mm. being sought out by someone who like mm. loves me, right? Mm. Like what that means, as Bill said, like what a lift of spirits that is, but then to seek them out and to mm. pray about them and mm -hmm. then to come forward and say like, God loves you and I love you and I want to help you with this, mm -hmm. um, like is, is beautiful and is getting to be part of the hands and feet of God. Mm -hmm. um, and not just like a, you know, you seem like you're in trouble, let me help you out. But like, <laughs> hey, like, how can I, how can I help mm. deliver God's message yeah. uh, to you that he loves you and that you are, um, you know, he makes you worthy, right? Mm -hmm. He makes you in right relationship with him yeah. for sure.
this might be a little bit more on like the heady side, but I think about sometimes um, when we have like a day of rest, but there's something coming up that we're like anxious about or, or there's something that we're waiting to hear back about and we have that kind of anxiety and that can really like we're resting right. you know, and that we're not working, but right. we're not recovering. We're not being rejuvenated. And so I think, you know, I, I was just reading today, I think first Peter five, and there's this person that basically says like cast your anxiety on the one who cares for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and like teaching people or, 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 talking about this idea of like casting our anxiety on God. Cause I, as I read that today, I was like, that's such a wonderful idea. Mm. Like, how do you do that? How do you actually like cast your anxiety on him? Cause he invites it uh, a lot. Um, so easy to cast it and then be like, mm, I'm going to go get that back again. Back, right. Please. Exactly. It's like, I'm giving this to you, but I'm not. <laughs> uh, and I think that that's something that like, I Maybe I'm better at than I used to be, but really in the in the moments of anxiety, it's still really hard, and it's yeah. hard to know like what what does it actually look like. And yeah. so, kind of talking about that, teaching about that, preaching about that, that like our like we can give our anxieties to God, yeah. uh, and He will sustain us. Um, I've been thinking a lot about that recently. Something that someone said to me recently was, "Just be like a duck, let things roll off." I would like to be more like a duck like that. It's easy to internalize situations and things that are tough in life and just be like, Mm. like a goose. (laughs) I don't want to be like a goose. I don't like geese. No one should be like a goose. I think we should talk about that next week. We should talk about how do we give our anxieties to God? Because that's a conversation. That's Mm -hmm. that's a topic that we've heavy. Yeah, it's a good one. It's important times, but I mean, it's really important, and it's important to be reminded as well. Sometimes we just need to. Not focus on it. Sometimes it's so easy when there's a problem. It's like all I look at is the problem right here, yeah. and it's in front of my face. And it's like, well, I've been reminded of what Bill says a lot of times. I am a child of God. Mm-hmm. Starting with the elemental truths and saying, you know what, I'm God's. I was bought with a price. Whatever's happening around me is going to happen. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I need to not look with blinders on just at the problem. Yeah, true. Because it's so easy to do. Yeah, it's like if the problem is like you were saying right in front of your face, like it looks so big. Mm-hmm. But then, like, when you look, like, past it, and you can see mm-hmm. how much bigger God is. Yeah. Final thoughts on vacations and breaks and rest before we move on? Thank goodness that I know a number of us went to see family. It's such a gift to be able to have those relationships. And whether are close friends that are like family yeah. or with family members, the people who know you best to just kind of let your hair down and I don't have any hair to let down. But <laughs> Did you do that, Dan? I let my hair down, so I have none. Yeah, I was going to say, you don't have it in your customary ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, if you would like to be part of the show, you can send questions, would you rather send your hair to podcast <laughs> at Uh For our closing segment this week, I have a banana peel on my notes. There it is. For our closing segment this week, uh, we are finally back together, which means we can once again play our favorite game, where... In the Bible is Carmen Sandiego. Is Bill going for his fifth game. straight? Uh, he is, but Scott won. Uh, oh, I won slightly the, different. You were gone. Oh. We did like a. What year is it? Yeah, oh, we guessed songs. what year's songs came out. Oh yeah, I, man, he was on the money. Oh, I'm glad I wasn't here for that. Not for the old years. The older ones threw me off. Uh, we have here three Bible verses, and you will tell us the book, chapter, and verse. No, of I won't. Each, <laughs> you will give it your best, <laughs> and you'll like it. I'll be right back. I'm gonna get more water while you test your pens out. Okay. You feeling okay, Bill? Yeah. All right, great. He's just confident, nonchalant. That mic needs to leave you a little closer to your face. All right. That's the other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it a kiss. (laughs) Uh, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. And then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth death. Dan, a confident slamming down well, the pen. I don't know the, the verses, but I know that I know the I know the chapter, I know the book. Yeah, me too. I'm like rough on the verse. I think I got pretty close. But this was my first ever full sermon was on this passage. Oh yes. Mm. These all these all have a similar theme of things leading into other things. 
I don't understand what that means. Uh, desire, uh, dragged away by their desire, desire. Oh, I see. Conceived, gives birth to sin, yeah, sin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Gotcha. Was that on purpose? Yes. Okay. Bill. James 1, 14 to 16. Scott. James 1, 15 to 19. And Dan. James 1, 5 to 8. It is James 1, 13 to 15. Woo! So three Good points job, to Scott. Scott. Three points to Bill, two points to Dan. But your hair still looks pretty good. Thank you. you know, uh, there's, always, there's always that. <laughs> <laughs> Not only so, but we, are, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Let me read that again because it's a little interesting wording. These are all, of course, all from the NIV. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I feel like I read this recently. Slightly less confidence in the pen from Dan. There it is. <laughs> that would not be... make your mark. I don't think I got this one. Uh, Dan. First Peter 1, 7 to 11. All right. And Scott. First Peter 1, 20 to 24. Ooh. Ooh. And Bill. We live or we die together, Dan. Romans 5, 3 to 6. It is Romans 5, 3 to 5. <laughs> well, we died together. <laughs> First Peter talks a lot about suffering. It does. Die together it is. Yeah, there's that's a parallel passage. There's... That's why I was just thinking, oh, man, oh, this doesn't sound like wrong. Here we go. Here we go. All right. All right. We, for possible bonus points, yes. Uh, uh, you said First Peter what? First Peter 1 is what we both said in different verses. Yeah. Well, so First Peter 1 is, so be truly glad when you endure many trials for a little while. Um, inexpressible joy. The salvation was something that the prophets wanted to know more about. They were told after their message. I don't see it. Yeah. Well, There's, it might not be First Peter. It might not, it might not be. So First Peter three talks about suffering a bit. Rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when His glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer. Yes. Or if you suffer as a Christian. Yes. We should get one point for that. I don't think so, <laughs> because because the majority of this is suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. I hope that you the give us that, a point. The fact that, <laughs> and you are persevering in that, so I will give Dan a point. No, yes. Uh, um, Doesn't matter. Bill is rolling I on for every time we play this, <laughs> and it hasn't yet. Bill is rolling on. <laughs> what is the storyline? Give birth to hope. No, don't look at that. Don't look at that. That's not for you. Lift bars. Uh, finally. Okay. But thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. Dan, I think it's impossible for us to win. Yeah, uh, it statistically. Is impossible. It's impossible for Dan to win. You I can tie. tie. If you nail this and, and Bill, Bill botches whiffs. it. If he fully whiffs. I, I think I'm capable of a fully whiff on this one. Well, I just, we're always totally shot in the dark. So <laughs> this would be amazing. It would be the grace of God. Um. <clears throat> all right, Dan. I get in there. Colossians three fourteen and fifteen. Okay, and Scott. <laughs> okay. Second Thessalonians four ten to twelve. That's a good. That's a good guess. Okay, and Bill. First Corinthians ten two to four. Okay, so uh, it is Second Corinthians <sighs> two thirteen to fifteen. Wow! So that's no points for Bill, no points for. Oh, Scott. he's talking One about point the point for Dan. I got the second. All right. I got half a point <laughs> for, for <laughs> three points. For me. I knew it was a second. I'll give you half a point. I never in this game have we ever had a half a point. But if there's one, that's the one to give it. To. Um, so, uh, with that, Bill Calvin, the supreme dark horse, comes in. We <laughs> probably underdog. need to get a new game. But the dark horse comes in. Uh, in lieu of jelly beans this week, uh, we, 
I like how ever since Dan was elected president, we've had we fewer jelly beans. I know. In lieu of jelly beans this it's week, disappointing. Uh, we have a stack of corn tortillas as well as rice pudding. Wow. Congratulations, Bill. I don't want to take your uh, grocery shopping away from uh, you. That is all the time that we have this week. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Dan. Thank, Thank you, Max. Max. Uh, Dan. Oh, you sound surprised. Mr. President. Oh. Esposo de la Pastora. Love of her life. (laughs) Take us home. You've been listening to the Bloomingdale Church Podcast, brought to you from Bloomingdale, Illinois, the heart of the nation. I got my lunch. I got my water. Life is good. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Let's do a sound check. A banana and water. Hello. Lunch. Hello. Hello. Dan, you can sing. I don't know why you're always. <laughs> I like that. If you can hear where you're supposed to go and then do it, which is what exactly Shucks. you just did. <laughs> I gave it away. That's all it takes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. All these years I've been singing so poorly on purpose in services. <laughs> I'm like a Jedi hiding after Order 66. Oof. That's. It's too soon. Yeah. That's a raw, I mean, it, that's it, a raw it, spot in it my heart. It happened a long Dan. time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> right? so. so that's why the light, the photons are just getting to us now. So we're oh, just so seeing it. So it's the, too soon. Uh, yes. Fair yes. enough. Fair enough. Um, why they came to us out of order, I'll never understand. <laughs> that's space. <laughs> you know, space is weird. <laughs> space is weird. Is the well, final frontier. I bet the first, the first movies. Mm. No, wait. Yep. The universe what do you got? is an ever-changing thing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's already a cop-out. <laughs> and so what happened was, I know the universe is, is, contracting. is expanding, but sometimes maybe it's also contracting. <laughs> and so it was in one of its contractions. Mm. and then Or no, it was further out, yeah. then it came back in, and then it went back out mm. or something. It I like that. You know what I'm saying. I know what you mean. Yeah. I know about the universe and its contractions. Yeah. Well, uh, that is going to be a completely useless sound check <clears throat> because we all spoke at the same time, but I'm sure it's fine. Uh, <laughs> hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bloomingdale Church Podcast. My name is Max Terman. 